Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I have a special announcement for you today. This year marks the 25th anniversary of Slate. And for a limited time only, we're offering our annual Slate Plus membership at $25 off. As a member, you'll get no ads on any of our podcasts, unlimited reading on the Slate site, and member-exclusive episodes and segments from us and other shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, Political Gabfest, and more. For the past quarter century, Slate podcasts have been covering all the major news events, from elections to social issues to historic court decisions, and even the life of my very cool eight-year-old daughter. Our culture shows have debated if things are sexist, named the best summer songs, and explained the latest TikTok trends. If we've become a part of your listening routines, we ask that you support our work by joining Slate Plus. Sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash mom and dad plus to keep us going for another 25 years. Again, we're giving you $25 off an annual membership through October 31st. So sign up now at slate.com slash mom and dad plus. Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, October 21st, the All Things Green edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is eight and a half, better say the half, and we live in Los Angeles, California. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who is five, and we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I'm Eamon Ismail. I'm a staff writer at Slate Magazine. I write the blog Big Eamon, Little Eamon. Just kidding. No, I don't. That doesn't exist. Uh, my son's name is Musa. He's four months old. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I live in Newark, New Jersey. So, unfortunately, you guys, this is Eamon's last week as a guest host. Um, he's been holding it down for quite a while while Dan is off on book leave. Um, Eamon, we're going to miss you. Yeah, it's- I'm going to miss you guys, too. I'm bummed. Oh, we're, you know, it's been really nice having a, a new parents on the show because Elizabeth and I and Dan are old parents and our kids are old. <laughs> and it's been so sweet hearing about little Musa. And, you know, I, I think a lot of our listeners have really appreciated your frankness uh, with talking Aww. about your side of the parenting journey thus far. So we really appreciate you. And we're thankful that you were for here, that you've been here uh, with us and you are always welcome to come back and visit. That's so sweet. Yeah, you better that come really back. That really warms my heart. Anytime, anytime, just let me know. I mean, I know this is like an advice show and I'm supposed to have the answers, but it's just really cool to have, bring questions and have that be okay too. So I'm really thankful to have spent this time with you guys. I feel like it made me a better parent. Hopefully it made some new parents out there feel a little bit more understood. And yeah, I don't know. It just, it always gave me good feelings to be on the show and I looked forward to it every week. And now I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be a listener and submit my own questions. Well, I think now you know the secret of mom and dad are fighting that it's really just about making us feel better about what we're doing as parents and making yeah. other people feel better. It's not necessarily that we have the best advice or any answers, but somehow just talking about this stuff makes us all feel better. It does. It does. Yeah. But for everyone this week, we've got a question about what to do when your child's friend comes to dinner, but doesn't tell you that their family is vegan. I died when I read this letter. <laughs> I literally... <laughs> I'm so excited that this is what we're doing. Then I'll be talking to Lauren Linder, mom of twins and deputy general counsel of a cannabis company. We totally gag over the role that cannabis plays in our parenting. Some serious pot mom bonding going on this week. (laughs) On Slate Plus, we'll be talking about toxic masculinity and paternity leave. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's start off with some triumphs and fails. Amen. For your last episode of the show, do you have a triumph or a fail this week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to sound like a fail, but it feels like a triumph. 
I feel like it's very Elizabeth of me, but I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> do it, um, do it. <laughs> you know, um, my, my wife had to start going back to work recently, yesterday, actually. So yesterday was my first time ever being home alone, just me and the little dude. And I was, I was so anxious. I was so afraid. So uh, I dropped her off at the train station. It was really sad. Uh, we were trying to like figure out strategies for like how much milk versus formula we're going to do to try to ration the milk that she was able to pump beforehand. And you know what? It was fine. <laughs> like There were some bouts of crying. Of course there were. Uh, but I feel like I figured out his off buttons well enough where I can handle him for like the eight hours that she was going to be gone. So, you know, I, I just tried to pack in as many activities as I could try to get him outside uh and like in his stroller because it seems to be like the only time where he really deep deep sleeps so you know i i just planned ahead took down some notes and and really just tried to pack his day as much as possible and not give him a chance to sit around bored and and look at me with like the judgy side eye and, and that was it like i i basically figured out that i was my own worst enemy in this case and that i needed to just have faith that the baby was going to be okay and he was yeah, it honestly was fine. And then when she came back, we picked her up from the train station together. It was fun. I mean, she was, I think, as surprised as I was that the baby was still, like, fine and not panicking. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I feel a lot more comfortable now with uh, her schedule moving forward, having to go to work, and I can take care of the guy. Right now, I got, like, the baby monitor set up on the lowest volume, so it's not a distraction here. But I got him to sleep. He's fine. No panicking. Everybody, everybody's okay. So it feels like a fail because I'm barely pulling these things together but at the same time i feel i feel great about it like i'm really proud of myself no par parenting is barely pulling these things together for a living yeah, exactly. <laughs> every day barely pulling it together <laughs> but you did it you did it that's yeah. so great i feel so good honestly what about you elizabeth you have a triumph or fail this week um, I'm going to call it a triumph, as usual, because <laughs> I, I like to think of my life as a triumph. Otherwise, I think I'd be very sad <laughs> if, if, I, if I thought about it otherwise. But um, I got an email from Henry's school, like probably less than an hour after I had dropped him off, saying that um, he had been stung by a yellow jacket. Actually, the title was Henry oh, and man. the Yellow Jacket. And I actually, when I saw it, I thought, he doesn't have a yellow jacket. Um, but I opened I it up. And it turns out that they go on this morning mindfulness walk and they had walked through a like hive and he had gotten stung. Henry is my one with the autoimmune disorder, the pandas, and he has not been stung previously. And so we were not sure whether that would create like an immune response where we're going to have a like what I, you know, a flare as a result of this, like what was going to happen. He's at school, all these new variables. And of course, my initial reaction is like, grab all the meds and I'm going to drive to school, right? But I'm like, listen, he's in a really safe place. He's not that far from me. If I go up there, he's definitely going to panic. So I am just going <laughs> to, I sent an email back to the secretary and said, you know, thank you so much for letting me know. There is a possibility that this may cause some sort of reaction. Um, will you just keep me posted? <laughs> You know, they have the medicine in case that happens. So uh, just kind of trusting them. And I actually was scheduled to volunteer like later in the afternoon. So when I went up there that afternoon, they told me that he, he of course, cried when he got stung. But he like immediately went and found a parent and told them what happened. He told them that he has this condition and that he may need some medical attention. He was like so calm with the school secretary. She gave him some ice and had him sit there. And she there were a couple kids that got stung, but she made him sit much longer which in the past sometimes can really trigger this anxiety that something's wrong with him or just like feeling left out. She said he was like so great. He asked if he could have a book and just sat there and read. And so I just felt like, okay, this is such a way, like he's starting to advocate for himself, which is what I need because I can't always, I'm not always going to be just a drive away. Um, and he's his best advocate and we're trying to teach him that. But I was also proud that like, I a little bit that I was able to just calm myself down, even though I'm not I'm not like a big rush to get things. But it just feels like when you're the parent of a kind of medically fragile kid, you feel like I need to protect him when I can and I need to be there and I don't want this to get worse. 
And to be able to just say like, no, I've done all the things. I, his school has the medicine. I trust the people he's with and I trust that they can handle this and they're going to inform me when they need me, you know, and kind of go on with my day. And he was so proud of himself. Like he, it was this hurdle for him that something that he was really nervous about happening, having a medical issue at school had happened. It was totally fine. His friends were like extra doty. He said, everyone was asking me how my arm was. You know, I think he's also kind of afraid that he may get isolated as a result of his medical issues. So I don't know. It just felt like, like such a nice, (laughs) such a nice win. Um, Even though, you know, he ended up with a giant welt on his arm and, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's got to feel good though it feels like you jacket. prepared him for something like that yeah like the first kind of step of that's what i want for him right is to be able to go do all the things and not worry about it and mm-hmm. so being able to give him that opportunity um and also just reassure myself you know that he's okay yeah. he's all yeah. right wow i love that he asked for a book <laughs> it's gotta be <laughs> I know, but that's just, I feel like anytime my child makes a good choice like that. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's true. That's so true. I'm so proud. Like, because he could have very easily been like, do you have games on your phone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like asked her to play, to turn on the TV. Or that is, I don't even think about that. That's so true. <laughs> it would have been justified. To- you know? Totally. Like, I've been stopped. Yeah, you know? At home, I would definitely be like, here, watch yes, this. Screen yeah. time. <laughs> would you like some ice cream? Yeah. Thanks, guys. Jamila, how about you? So I also have a triumph this week. I have a real actual triumph that I can claim. This is the first time since Naeem has been in school that I have uh, made her lunch every day that she's with me. That has been a goal at times. Maybe did in daycare, but let's say she started real school. You know, like I do remember making daycare meals at times, but I don't know that I did it every single day. And I also had a very demanding job when I was in daycare and I don't have anywhere else to go but home afterward. You know what I mean? Like I'm fully working from home. There are no me. Everything is done by Zoom. So like the barriers between being the mom who cooks lunch, you know, three Mm -hmm. days a week or whatever, uh, they're not there really for me anymore. And so I've been making lunch every day. And so I feel really good about the fact that, you know, that has happened successfully and no, oh my God, we have to run and try to grab something from Starbucks on the way there. Or, oh my God, can you just eat the school lunch? It's like, no, lunch every day. And every single day there has been a note in her lunchbox. I write her a note every day. And I'm so like, it's a different note every day. And I try to get cute with them and different little sign offs and stuff. And so I asked her the other day, I was like, do you like read your note privately or like do your friends, you know, like, do you let your friends <laughs> yeah. see you reading your notes? And she says, no, I let them see it. She says, sometimes they'll say, oh, Naima, what did your mom say today? And I'll read them out loud. And I'm like, you read them out loud? And she says, nothing can make me hide my love for my mommy. <gasps> And I just felt like the happiest mom. That's like, like pen <laughs> ultimate parenting. <laughs> that was it. I was like, they don't need to do nothing else. That, that's the lunchbox notes are I'm writing this to the end of the year. This is big. That's amazing. Okay. Now, are you a before school lunch packer or a like morning or evening? I found that evening is easier. Um, I will, you know, if, if I didn't get to do it the night before, then sometimes I'll do it early in the morning and I'm become a much earlier riser. There was a time where Naima woke me up for school um, and the, the things have shifted. She's tired now and I'm waking up <laughs> at six o'clock on my own. Um, so I guess we're finally balanced in the way that we should be. Aww. I'm up like for a whole hour before her. And so like I could do it in the morning, but I like to have it done the night before because I just feel so much better in the morning knowing that I only have to cook breakfast because that's the other thing. Like I also cook breakfast every morning and and Naima's first year in school here, we went to Starbucks like every day. It was completely out of control. We did not have a car, which means we walked to Starbucks every day and got our Uber at Starbucks every single day. It was ridiculously expensive and not necessarily nutritious, but everyday breakfast is cooked by my mommy. How yeah. cooked wow. an ego is, is up no, to interpretation. Counts. 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 Okay, yeah, counts. Sure. counts. And she's happy I with it. That's so really good about that. Oh my gosh. Keep a couple of those notes, like stick them somewhere. <laughs> I found that she kept one of them in her in her book bag. And oh like, that made me really feel special. Like she hadn't thrown it away. She just like carries it in the back of her book bag. You heard that, Musa? Pay attention. Take notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
let's take care of some business. If you haven't gotten enough Elizabeth this week, you are in luck. Elizabeth was a guest on Slate's How To Podcast, advising two women who are struggling to make friends as adults. Tell us about it, Elizabeth. It was so much fun. So we made a full game plan for approaching strangers and transitioning acquaintances into lifelong friends. And we even had some advice for maintaining long distance friendships. It's just lovely. I really think like there was so much laughter. We had such a great time. Uh, And legitimately, I made friends with everybody on the podcast. So I am still emailing with them. So it's it's just a really um, fun episode that you should check out. I am definitely going to check that out on my drive today because I making new adult friends sucks but I know you're very good at it so I can I'm looking forward to your tips that sounds I do awesome. also say that it sucks <laughs> I don't hide that it's hard well the episode is live now so as soon as you're done listening to mom and dad are fighting go check out Elizabeth on Slate's how to the link is in the show notes Also, do not forget to subscribe to Mom and Dad Are Fighting. It helps us out, and it's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Finally, subscribe to Slate's parenting newsletter, too. It's the best way to be notified about all of our great parenting content, including this show, my care and feeding columns, and much, much more. Sign up at slate.com backslash parenting email. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On to our first listener question, being read as always by the fantastic Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom and Dad, my daughter has a good friend who comes over regularly. They're both 13. This friend comes from a vegan family. It's my understanding, from what my daughter tells me, that her friend is a vegan and that her parents are kind of strict on their kids' vegan diets. When the friend is over, I offer to make her something vegan, but she declines and eats whatever protein we prepare for the family. Burgers, ribs, chicken, fish, whatever. She eats several servings of the meat and cheese that we serve. My daughter has implied that her friend hides what she eats at our house from her parents. I don't know her parents well, so I've never had a conversation with them on this. Am I crossing a boundary here? Should I get her parents' permission before feeding her non-vegan food? Or is 13 old enough for her to make her own dietary decisions? Is it possible that this family is vegan for religious reasons? If so, how does that impact how I should handle things? Sincerely, wanting to be respectful, meat eater. Oh, man. (laughs) Elizabeth, what do you got? Okay, listen. Presumably, these parents know that this kid is at your house. Okay? So I'm just going to assume that to be true. If that is true... It is their job to let you know (laughs) what the dietary needs are. Because at 13, I mean, if they haven't contacted you, right? I I just can't fathom. Uh, This whole thing just is tickles me. At 13, the 13 year old is responsible for their own actions, I think. So I, I, the ball, it just doesn't feel like the ball is in your court as the host. I mean, I understand like we are all in this, in this, habit which i think is good of saying like do you have any dietary restrictions like how can i make this meal for you or your family like you have offered that to this 13 year old i actually feel like at this point if you call like there's no way this goes well if you call and you're like hey i heard that your child is vegan they eat a whole lot of meat and cheese at my house like that's that's just not gonna go well so i i guess i just really feel like um 
it was the parents' responsibility to contact you if assuming they know that this child is at your house, if for some reason they don't know this child is at your house, maybe you should get to know these parents. I don't know. Uh, but I, you are resolved of, uh, in my opinion, of, of any guilt that you are feeling you, you offered the 13 year old said no. And you put a <laughs> meal on the front of the table. I would not get any more involved. <laughs> what do you guys think? Oh man! Mm, amen. I got I got two things to say. I got two things to say. First of all, you you shouldn't feel bad if the teenager is declining, but I don't think you are absolved because if again if they think that you're, you know, in charge and taking care of this person, they should know that you're you're not making bad choices or presenting bad choices and letting them make the wrong one. I mean, I have a little bit more skin in the game because I do observe like dietary restrictions myself. Like I don't eat pork. And there are like certain circumstances where I'll be at a friend's house and they they have pork on the table and they don't ask and they just serve it and I'll have to like respectfully decline. But if I were, you know, raising my son and I feel like I'm giving him all the right, you know, ideas and like he, he's following the right path according to me and my faith, and then he's going to his friend's house and they're just feeding him whatever. And he's just, I don't know, I, I feel like I would like to know. I feel like I would like to 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 be in the know for that, even if he's 13 years old. And I feel like if I were to find out later after the fact, I would get really pissed. So here's what I would do. I would maybe contact them and then present them the opportunity to say, oh, basically ask the question, are there any dietary restrictions? And, but don't like narc. Don't be like, well, well I found you, out, blah, blah, blah. What do you do now? No. Just, just You're in too deep. Yeah. You're in too deep. You just tell them. And then if they say no, then all good. And if they say, well, if they're vegan, then you say, okay. Oh, and then ask them if they, they should be not letting them eat that. But I would never, you know, implement, you should, you should never implicate them. You should just say, hey, I want to just run this past you just in case this comes up. That's what I would do. That's, that would make me feel better at night. So listen, you guys. <laughs> now, <laughs> now. This parent is a co-conspirator <laughs> because they knew what the rules were and they gave this child multiple servings of beef, pork, she, all of the things, Whatever. not just one, not just, it's not like just like, oh, well, you know, okay, it was just chicken. No, it's like the whole, whatever, yeah. Yeah. multiple servings. So... I grew up not, I don't eat pork uh, or beef. And other parents were made aware of this. And, you know, there were definitely times where it sucked, but like they always accommodated it, but it was ever, it was never put, I mean, granted maybe because like I was only around kids who knew like other adults who knew my parents, you know what I mean? But like, I just remember like going over a friend's house, there being leftover pepperoni pizza and like, oh, I'm sorry, Jamil, I'll make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right. And like, but in no universe was that parent going to let me just, unless maybe I pulled the, I can pull the pepperoni off kind of thing, yeah. which sometimes would work at school. Like generally they weren't just going to be like, well, have some pepperoni because you've decided that, that, you know, that yeah. you want to have that today. But I do understand the argument that 13 is kind of at an age where you think, okay, this person can have some sort of opinions and thoughts around what they eat. But I guess the big question is, is this kid constantly sneaking other foods or is your house the spot? Mm. Like, because this could very easily turn into, I never had hamburgers. I never had any of these things until I went over Billy's house and Billy's mom let me have it. You could become the entire fall guy for his whole meat eating operation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you need to check in with this kid and say, look, I have to admit, you know, I feel a little bit uncomfortable because I know that your parents expect you to keep a vegan diet. But when you come over here, that's not what you've been eating. Is this what you do everywhere? Do you eat beef and pork at school? <laughs> you know, do you do this at other people's houses? Or is it just at my house? And what might your parents say? Check in with the kid. You know, and they'll usually, their face will give it away. What would, what might your parents say if they found out that you had a burger tonight? And if this seems like it's the sort of thing that could start World War One, then you need to figure out a plan to get out of this game where you are supplying this child with contraband 
and start having some chick patties in the freezer yeah, when yeah. she comes by and uh, letting it be that she eats those things, you know, because I don't know. I just feel I'm afraid of these parents finding but out how, and being really pissed. But these other you. parents haven't done anything. Like this girl is at this house regularly. And the other parents have never called and said, by the way, we are vegan. If you were very strict on the way you wanted your child to eat, if this was something that was so important to you, that you would have your child going to someone else's home, it sounds like regularly to me means at least once a week, right? Mm -hmm. And you've never called. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. My, you know, Henry eats, has a weird diet because of his stuff. It's like, I... Make wherever he's going is like, this is what he eats. Would you like me to provide something? Or like, can we come after the meal or can we come before the meal? Because I feel like it is my responsibility to deal with his eating issues, not your responsibility. 90% of the people we deal with are like, I'm happy to fix something that is that, you know, and yes, you're absolutely right. It's not fun, right? Like he is like gluten-free bread never looks like anyone else's (laughs) food. But I just think... I, I don't know that it can continue to be your, like, every friend that you have over, do you, do you call their parents and say, are they vegan? Are they, like, before you take someone out, do you ask, like, are there any foods or things that I shouldn't do to make my house like your house? I just, I just don't want to set the precedent that it's your responsibility when the kid is 13. Um, these parents must trust that this child is advocating I just don't see how you're not like the narc, how you're not calling to be like, P.S., I just found out your kid is vegan and I've been feeding them meat. Yeah. No, you can't call the parents. You can't. This is all about preparing for the possibility that the parents call you. No, there's no you have to avoid these people at all costs. I do like like your idea of of cornering the kid. Let the kids let the, the pressure parents know. I mean, look, so this happened to me when I was like 13. <laughs> I went over to a friend's house and they asked if I wanted a shot of tequila. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm 13 years old, so I'm like, hell yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's like, do, do, ah, mm, it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't sit right expecting a 13 year old to not want to do the thing they th- they know they're not supposed to, to do. So my opinion is, and it, it, you have to clue the parents in to a degree. I'm not saying, hey, your kid just did a shot of tequila. That's not a good idea. Don't do that. I'm saying, call them and say, hey, I just want to let you know that I have XYZ at the house. I know, I mean, this parent does know that you have like an all vegan diet over there. Uh, I just want to know if I should or shouldn't be offering this person whatever. And, and sort of just let them set it up. And if they say no, then you have full license to go back to this kid and just say, actually, I can't do this anymore. Sorry, I'm, I'm not going to be your supplier. Uh, but if they say, hey, we don't care, then you have no reason to feel upset. You can feed them whatever you want. Even if they say they should know what they're allowed to eat, cool, you're off the hook. But I think it's just a bad idea to know that these kids are vegan and to be giving them whatever because it's not your problem. I don't know. That feels mad sus to me. I just, I think it's. Are you going to call? You've already done it. Yeah, you've already done it. You already did it. You already already did it. Because, Amon, what if you call and have that conversation and then they say, like, our child would never, don't worry about it. Our child would never accept. He's so committed to this vegan diet. He would never um, eat something or chew something. So now you you have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right like, like that's how these car- the, the parents are never just like oh yes we're vegan don't worry about it right like mm-hmm. any conversation with another parent <laughs> is crazy town so, so a 13 year old is just not an adult to me i don't think a 13 year old should be making their own decisions personally but the parent didn't call ahead of time <sighs> you know how many phone calls they'd have to make if they had to call every single one of their friends as parents that's but now you're saying but you're saying Every single parent that he goes to, they should call his family. That's one call per person. That's not a thousand calls per one family. That seems way more reasonable to me. But are you going to call all of your, like, all of Moose's friends? Hey, what do they eat? What are their dietary restrictions? I was going to just give him a laminated post-it note that just to present to the parents when they <laughs> get so. But I mean when he has friends over. Like when you're serving the meal. Yeah. 
if if I know if any of them have specific dietary restrictions, I will not be their supply personally. Yeah. Because and and it's a choice that I'm making as a parent to yeah. be on the parent's side. Sure. Right? We're all got to be the adults yeah. together to take care of these these gaggle of kids. That's that's how I see it, right? It's a community effort. So if the if, if I know about these restrictions and it sounds like the letter writer does know about these restrictions, they really shouldn't be doing this in the first place. They know that they shouldn't, and that's why they're sending the letter because they feel guilty, and they know <laughs> yeah, that Elizabeth is going to be like, "Well, you yeah. know what? G- keep giving them chicken." I I got to tell you, I'm sorry, but if you give my kid pork, I might I might get really pissed. I might get really pissed, and I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna assume that. I should have called you and let you know this Muslim kid's not supposed to eat pork. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna know that you know, and we're gonna have a, a very serious conversation about it. That's what I would do personally as, as a parent. Thank you so much for writing in. Want to be a respectful meat eater? We are so the de- I myself am invested, mm-hmm. so we want to know more. Yes. So please um, keep us updated on what happens next. And if you do call the and... parents, record it so we can air it on the show. <laughs> yes, yes, we would. Absolutely like to hear that on the show. Uh, if you would like for us to maybe answer, maybe not answer your parenting question, no matter how big or small, send us an email at slate.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to my solo segment. You've gotten an opportunity to spend some time with Elizabeth by herself and with Dan by himself in the past. And now you are going to hang out with me. But it's not just me. I've got a very fascinating guest for this segment. Somebody who Elizabeth actually recommended, a friend of hers who she thought would be uh, great for us to chat with. I realize that for some mom and dad uh, listeners, I am probably the only marijuana mom that you know. I may be the only parent that you've heard talking about it openly. And it's not something that I'm ashamed of. It's not something that I'm proud of. It is just a thing. It's just simply a part of my experience. And it's also something I'm really passionate about, which is why I talk about it openly. I understand that there's still a lot of stigma and a lot that's not understood. I understand that there are barriers between uh, a lot of other parents and the ability to uh, freely and legally consume cannabis. But the only way that the tides are going to continue to change and attitudes are going to continue to change and evolve around marijuana is for us to talk about it openly. And so that's why I've chosen to open up about this part of my life with you all. And I'm really excited to have Lauren Linder. Uh, Lauren is a mom and she's also deputy general counsel for a cannabis company. Lauren, thank you so much for making time to join us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I just want to start mom to mom. Yeah, yeah. What role does cannabis play in your motherhood? I really liked how you put it before about this idea of I'm not ashamed, I'm not proud. It's not like, oh, this is a terrible thing or, oh, I'm so, you know, there's people who have their like marijuana mom shirts and they're all in the clubs and it's a very big deal. But for me, um, there's so many things that we do in order to deal with like the human condition, you know, whether that's your exercise in the morning or your coffee, um, 
or your weed, you know? And I think that it's just kind of a part of existing, especially pandemic existing. And, you know, I'm really thankful that I can make a career out of it. But from a personal perspective, I really think it's just a a nice centering, calming, sometimes energizing um, thing in the same way that coffee and tea can be calming and centering and energizing. What are your earliest cannabis memories? Did your parents smoke weed? Were you aware of it from a very young age or was it something that didn't get on your radar until you were a bit older? No, not at all. Yeah, my parents, um, it's interesting. In in thinking about this discussion, I've also just been thinking about our relationship to alcohol in general. And I don't even have early Mm -hmm. memories of my parents with alcohol, even though I know that they, they drank, but just, I don't have early memories of that. I don't have early memories of weed at all. And in fact, Um, I was an athlete in college, an athlete and a dancer. Um, and so I didn't really consume until I was an adult. Um, I think for me, probably the time when I started consuming more regularly was when my husband had a traumatic accident, um, and fell 45 feet rock climbing. And Mm. there was just a lot of, um, a lot of caretaking, a lot of dealing with him. And so in the, the hospitals, in and out. And so I think it was during that time that I sort of appreciated the therapeutic value. All of us who are adults now were raised during a time where not only was it overwhelmingly illegal, that in most, you know, polite society, it was shunned, right? This is just not something that you do. (laughs) The older I've gotten, the more that I've realized, and I'm curious enough, this is held for you too, Lauren, that like weed smokers are all around me and some of them are people who are in situations like yours where it's like, you know, I either could not or did not want to do this when I was younger. You know, if college and high school are the time where most people experiment, I started in my 20s because I was in my 20s when it became more socially acceptable. Like, I know a lot of people like that. But there have been a lot of people, you know, doctors, lawyers, judges, you know, who have been consuming cannabis illegally, you know, all along while making decisions about how other people can and cannot have it, while making people feel bad um, for using it, while taking children perhaps away from their mothers, you know, because their mothers have been accused of using it. It's something that has been so disingenuously prohibited. Yeah, uh, you've touched on so much that I, I, like I, I agree with you so strongly. I mean, one, just the social justice issues around, you know, cannabis and marijuana, you, were, you, you couldn't have described it better. I mean, people really appreciate the therapeutic benefit of the plant, but like how justice, you know, in places where it's still illegal is applied is uneven. I mean, it's, it's consistently uneven, you know? And so who actually gets arrested? right, for having marijuana, um, who actually gets, you know, their kids taken away. I also, <laughs> you put, you talk, touched on something that was really interesting. I remember the first time I found out that one of my lawyer mom friends was using cannabis. And, and really, I feel like a lot of people now aren't smokers. A lot of people, at least in my sort of mom friend circles, really are doing more gummies or, you know, edibles mm-hmm. or, or tinctures. And I remember her just talking about really the same way people talk about that glass of wine, you know, at bedtime, mm-hmm. just how like, She's like, yeah, my kid's such a pain that, you know, I need to pop this gummy before bath time. Like this is this is part of what allows me to sort of not snap, given the pressures of, you know, the sort of normal corporate legal job. I think for parents, it is so rare that we have really time and space to decompress. in the way that we need to and that cannabis offers you you know when dosed correctly right so you have to know your dose but when used properly you can find vacation right you can find respite in the middle of your day i think for me because we're talking earlier about like when did cannabis become destigmatized right and so for me i think it became destigmatized when um dealing with the dealing with the trauma you know, sort of considering alcohol use and not really wanting to overdo it there. Um, I think just sort of being open to trying different ways of sort of calming my mind and calming my body. I think that's when I became open to cannabis. Um, I don't think, I, I think as I joined the industry, I began to appreciate more of the benefits of it holistically, right? So that's what I began to understand. Before I was like, sativa, indica, whatever, what's the difference? But now, I, I mean, 
you know, entourage effect. Now I really believe and understand those things, right? So like if you're having a hard time sleeping, right, you could take a, you know, a Benadryl or a NyQuil or a Klonopin, or you can have an Indica. And so I feel like for me, um, understanding, you know, sort of how things work and how they work with your body now, um, that sort of increased my, um, you know, comfort with, with how it could be used in my life and how other people are using it in their lives how you consume and if you consume in front of your kids, I think is, is an interesting thing. Um, my daughter, I, I, my daughter today, my son, I have twins, I have four year old mm-hmm. twins and my son didn't want to go to school today. And my daughter said, but, but, but Quady, don't you want, don't you want to grow up and drive a car and drink alcohol? <laughs> Because in her mind, as we said, like, these are all the things that you can't do until you're an adult is like drive yeah. a car, drink alcohol. And it's interesting that like smoking or consuming weed isn't on her list of things because she's never seen me do it mm-hmm. like ever. So it's just really interesting how, I, I don't know, how different parents address that with their families, with their kids. I've taken the this is mommy's medicine approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, you know, intention and goal is for her not to see me cons- actually consuming it. Um, I think she might have seen me with a vape pen near my mouth once a long time ago. Uh, but she does know that I use cannabis because we had a joint doctor's appointment once and the doctor kind of blurted it out and it was awkward and weird. But what? that lets us. Yeah. Like we <laughs> I, she asked if I smoked and I said, well, not cigarettes, kind of hoping <laughs> she would read between the lines and keep it moving. And she the doctor says in front of Naima, it was like five at the time. Well, what do you smoke? Oh and then God. answers her own question and says, oh, weed. Oh, my God. I'm just like, are you like and that? That to me was a weird moment because I kind of like I wanted her. I don't know if she was just like if, if she was just kind of having a clueless moment, but. It, it definitely was mine to tell, you know, and like, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. Um, we talked extensively about cannabis and we've read the book. It's just a plant. I've, I've kind of left it in that space that this is medicine and that it's for adults only. The only, you know, dishonesty uh, in, in my game with her has been, uh, I told her that it was lethal for children. Mm. So, and I've shown, you know, she knows the can't be, um, cause I do keep edibles in the house. Like they're not like in the refrigerator integrated into their stuff. Like she, I've shown her the label, you know, that little, you know, yeah, that each flower, day. Yeah. yeah. And so like, she knows it. And like she, the other day she found something in like her stepmother stuff. She's like, Oh, I found something with the label. I was like, okay. You know, like, adults do this you know this is this is fine just know that like if a kid has cannabis they'll die actually not but i do i like i wonder and my parents weren't drinkers either like alcohol like my mom would have a bottle or a couple of beers in the house yeah. you know i see yeah. her drink on occasion and like i was very interested i couldn't wait to grow up and smoke <laughs> and drink i wanted to do them both you know <laughs> I, I wonder if like the fact that we keep these things around is going to make her either like, oh, this is my parents stuff. I don't want any parts of it or which I kind of a little bit like that's not the worst thing. Or if it's going to be like, um, I'm going to start pinching off the weed stash as soon as I'm old yeah. enough to get in there. Yeah. And it'll be interesting, too, just because I think the rhetoric around it will be so different, you know, by the time that she's older and how we look at it is different. Um, but it's, it's, it's super interesting how. uh <laughs> So like all the products are so childproofed. <laughs> I mean, she's once you're old enough, you can figure it out. But I mean, even things that are like non-intoxicating ones, I had like a back rub. Like mm-hmm. you cannot get high off of it, but I couldn't even get it out of the packaging because it was so hard. It was so childproofed. Um, you know, just really trying to make sure that, that kids don't get into it. So it's it's interesting. I think I imagine um, by the time we're at, she's older, our kids are older, we're at widespread legalization, there'll be different discussions around it, you know? Um, and hopefully, I think, hopefully better than discussions that we had around alcohol and drugs when we were kids. Because I feel the, like, the just say no or whatever else, like, wasn't helpful. Like, that didn't, mm-hmm. that didn't help. It doesn't help you not want it. It doesn't help you use it responsibly. It doesn't, it doesn't help at all. It's like sex, right? Like, abstinence-only education does not work. It doesn't you work. You know? It doesn't work. It, you, you like... 
young people are going to be curious. They're going to, you know, have an interest in these things. I, I think the best thing you can do is try to impress upon them how unsafe it is and, and inappropriate for a young person. You That's know, right. that you are just simply, this is something you can have one day. Right. You right. know, like there are a lot of things that are for adults in the same way, you know, when she says, why do you get to, you know, have an extra cookie or why don't you have to go to bed? It's just like, I pay bills. I yeah. work. I have all <laughs> these things that come with the, there's all this stuff that comes with adulthood that you don't want you know i have a menstrual cycle i got a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot that goes into being the mom okay like there's a lot you don't want you're not ready for that you know and so cannabis and alcohol and porn you know what i mean yeah. like these other yeah. things like toys. Are a part of that <laughs> toys and i'm like it's yeah have you your children are four what kind of conversations have you all had or none at all i mean basically nothing um so Again, I think it's just really, and they're curious. They're so curious, but they've just, they've never, they've just never seen me use it. I mean, it's so not visible that like, there's no reason or way for them to know about it. I mean, my husband thinks it's funny to say that I'm a drug dealer lawyer, which fine. (laughs) So like, I guess to that extent, you know, they hear it, but they really just, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But then also that's, so there's so many thoughts here. That's one of the things that's interesting. I think about cannabis is like, especially in like mom or parent culture, right? Like how many people did you know though, who were popping pills and you had no idea? I mean, I I think a lot of people, and that's also an interesting topic too, because you think of the intersection between recreational and medical use. And we have the Mm -hmm. same issue in cannabis, right? So you've got places where people are, you know, talking about kids, you've got kids who need who need and use cannabis on a regular basis yep. for their medical conditions, right? Um, whether it's epilepsy or cancer, or like a whole range of different things. Mm-hmm. And there's adults who use it on a regular basis for medical reasons. And then there's like the medical reasons that a lot of us, you know, kind of sweep under the rug, like, you know, anxiety mm-hmm. or depression or sleeplessness yeah. or things like that, which are sort of undiagnosed things that maybe if you're an adult, you say you're, you're using, you're sort of self-prescribing, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's just a straight up recreational, right? Like this is sort of my equivalent to, you know, a glass of wine or whatever. It, it's interesting there. And then it's interesting just thinking about like, sorry, there's so many interesting things here. <laughs> Like how it replaces opioids and like, so you kind of want to talk about it because it's, mm-hmm. it's really, it's actually really special and it's really awesome. And I'm proud that like mommy gets to work in a space where I help people, you know, deal with life in a way that's not going to, you know, lead to these really terrible, terrible outcomes in the same way that the opioid epidemic has. So I don't know, girl. I don't, I don't know. I don't have a plan. I, I'm going to suggest, and I've recommended it on the show before. We can link it in the show notes today. It's Just a Plant, a children's story about marijuana. It's a really beautifully illustrated book. It's by Ricardo Cortez, who wrote and illustrated it. And, you know, it starts with a curious little girl who stumbles upon her parents smoking a joint one night, you know, and like they get into mass incarceration. And yeah, I mean, it's really and it's done, I think, in a really child friendly way that a kid between the ages of, you know, five and 10 basically learn what they kind of need to know, which is that not only is it just a plant and something that that can be used for um, health purposes and something that adults can enjoy recreationally, but also that there's this history of racism mm-hmm. and, you know, the law as it relates to it, which is why this is something you might not know about in the way that, you know, your parents can go grab a bottle of wine from the grocery store. I love that. I love that. I, I every single time I talk about we cannabis, marijuana, whatever you want to say, we have to talk about the social justice aspect. We have to talk about what's happened in the past. And I love that this book does both of those things. It's so important. Definitely. And, and we do because it, it has so much to do with adversion to it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that this is something that represents a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of uh, trials and tribulations have taken place, particularly in our community mm-hmm. uh, over cannabis. And for some people, that's reason enough for them to not want to deal with it you know, or for them to not understand, you know, taking any sort of calculated risk even, right? Like if you're in a state that's decriminalized, but it's not legal, do you want to be the one who gets locked up because people are still getting locked up, right? That's point. Yeah. Oh, that's so on point. That's so on point. I mean, the, the, the fear and the stigma is huge. And, and just in a, you know, when you're the, the black person, when you're the black parent, you just, oh man, you feel like you already are working four times as hard as everybody else. Um, and I will say that like, I am so super 
conscious and cognizant of being as responsible as possible, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, in the same way that I don't drink and drive. I mean, there is a right. But there's so many things that I don't do if I'm, you know, under the influence. Like, right. I'm not driving. I'm not making. I'm not the only one at home in case there's an emergency. Without right. you know, like knowing a neighbor or somebody's nearby, even if they're sleeping. I mean, there's so many lists of things that you do to be responsible. But like, don't we do that with everything? You know, like. It's just, that's part of being a mom is, is, or being a parent really is kind of being cognizant of all the factors and making sure you're being responsible. Absolutely. And I think that's a good place to wrap up and say, uh, you know, responsible cannabis usage is incredibly important. It's not something that I take lightly or that Lauren takes lightly. It is just tremendously important that we, you know, we take this seriously, right? That this is not something, um, that you can just, oops, I forgot. Oops, I wasn't thinking, you know, yeah. that the the stakes are still very high as it relates to cannabis for a whole lot of reasons. And it can land you in a lot of trouble in a yeah. lot of places, including legal use states. And you certainly, right. you know, um, would never want to put yourself in a situation where your child was not safe or that you didn't feel that you had the capacity to keep an eye on them or do the things that you needed to do to take care of them. So I I hope that everyone listening to this, uh, I hope that you learned a little something if you're not familiar with cannabis or in parenting together. And if it's, um, you know, it's just not a part of your world and the way it's a part of ours, just um, do know that the vast majority of us marijuana moms out here are very very serious about safety and and take that part um to heart so with that uh lauren linder thank you so much for joining us it was so lovely talking to you thank you all right let's move on to recommendations before we get out of here elizabeth what are you recommending this week okay so i just got my kids these simple modern insulated cups with straws like not in the kiddo size but in the adult size and they are our water cups around the house i've been using them since the start of school and they are amazing one they keep the water really cold i only put water in them they don't really spill and they're the nice like the kids like the straw cups and it has cut down on the cups everywhere. I don't know if I'm the only one that has this problem, but like the kids get themselves water from the refrigerator and then they leave the cup somewhere and then they don't remember where they left it. So they get another one. I spend the end of the day picking cups up from everybody all over the place. So these are just like their water cups. They're brightly colored. They, um, the kids are really into sticking like those, those, um, laminated stickers on everything. They can put their stickers on their cups. So they're all, individual but they're really great the other thing is that the the top is not like a screw top it kind of pushes and screws just a little bit but the kids can do it themselves um so they can get a good seal and because it's the adult size the kid size you have to refill like all the time don't do that just get them an adult simple modern insulated cup and then you just have three things for me three things to wash at the end of the day and then refill in the morning it's so lovely (laughs) it sounds awesome So I'm like 95% sure that I am repeating a throwback recommendation, um, but with good reason. I am recommending the Instant Pot Duo. I purchased mine maybe two years ago, and I'm pretty sure I recommended it right around the time that I got it because I was very excited about it. It's a pressure cooker and an air fryer and a slow cooker and a sous vide, which I'm still not entirely sure what that means. And it does all these different things. Since I got mine, like the Instant Pot Duo, and there's a bunch of different Instant Pots, like the current version of the Duo now has like a yogurt maker. So it's gotten infinitely cooler, even though I don't know if I would ever commit to making yogurt. But I can say it took me two years to get to the point where I'm using this thing as much as I'd like to, like it has become part of my kitchen arsenal. And I uh, recommended recently, like just throwing a bunch of stuff in the fridge in a pot and calling it soup. And like, I've been able to do that. Like we're on a pad, we're on a routine right now. Like I make turkey wings or turkey legs. I save the bones, we eat soup. And then the following week we do the same thing. And it sounds like something out of a like sad fairy tale, but it's like some of the best food that we've ever had. And like, I would never do this level of cooking if I didn't have this device. If I had to use the top of my stove and my oven for the things that are coming out of my Instant Pot, we just wouldn't have them. So I am, for everyone who's a lazy cook, a frazzled cook, who just doesn't have it in them to do a bunch of stuff in the oven or in the kitchen, 
brother, the Instant Pot duo can and will change your life. I love this. I need one. <laughs> you absolutely need. And you. I'm sure you would do all the, like you would probably make yogurt, you know, like I haven't even unlocked half of the things. I've never made rice, you know, like there's, yeah. there's, there's so much, but like it's a saute pan. Like it's just, it's so good. And the, I made another soup last night and I just can't, get over how quickly I just throw this stuff in a pot and how good it tastes. Mm. Yum. I mean, that's what we all need is something that is quick, easy, and then yeah. tastes like we put more effort into it, right? That's the cheat code it right like there. Effort. It tastes like effort. Naima mm. calls it mommy soup, and she says mm. it's the best soup. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Bottle this Ma. all up for, for, you know, in a few months when she turns more sassy again. That's yes. I hope yeah. you're just, like, like storing all this protective yeah. well, layer. It's like an emotional roller coaster. It's kind of like the highs are high and the lows are low. So that's great. She's she's also at the point where she's embarrassed of me. Like when I'm leaving her at school, like she wants, she's like, hurry up, give me the backpack. I have to put it on. Like I can't carry her backpack to the door because even though it's heavy, she doesn't want me waving or yelling her name too much. Like today she put on her hood. So like oh, as wow. to not... No, she put her hands over her ears. She said, I don't know you. She put her hands over here. Yeah. So I like yell, goodbye, Naima. Have a wonderful day. Mommy loves you, Naima. Naima loves you. (laughs) So I need mommy soup to keep me sane. Amen. What about you? What do you have for us this week? Oh, I'm going to miss this sweet little face. We are watching Musa airplane around right now. Yeah, this is my soothing technique. all types of baby fever. I just hold him up upside down and just kind of go side to side like that until he shuts the hell up. Uh, Okay, so uh, I recommend something, especially for new dads, uh, to start a garden. You know, even in your windowsill or or anywhere, even if you have like a a, any piece of dirt anywhere, you can you can start a garden. And uh, I, I recommend going. Don't buy seeds because that's a scam. You can go and to the wherever you get your groceries. If it's like a fresh, a local apple. If it's local, a lot of those seeds will be viable. So you can germinate really simply by sticking it into a closed container after wrapping it in like some paper towel that's a little moist. And it'll shoot some runners out, some roots, and you can just drop that into any, really any kind of soil. And you can just watch it grow. And I highly recommend it because... Uh, as a new dad, I'm, I'm what's called a millennial, and I'm used to getting everything instantly. And uh, especially when my baby was born, I wanted him to to be a good baby right away. And when I learned all these like soothing techniques, I expected them to all work within the second. And I think uh, that was right around the time that I got obsessed with gardening. So it helped me step away from being obsessed with my controlling my baby's emotions. And it really helped train myself to... For, for the long game, you know, because you don't see anything happen for a month. And then when a little little tiny piece of green sprouts up, it's like the greatest feeling. And then it just keeps going, keeps getting bigger. And even when it dies, you're excited to try it again. So I, I recommend something like this because it takes months. It can sometimes take all year before you see any progress. And, and especially if you're planting like a fruit seed, it'll be several years before you can even see it grow any kind of fruit too so i recommend it it's it's really brilliant it's changed my life do you have the picture book um harlem grown no is the name of the book okay you need to look it up you and harlem you and musa grown. need that book it's a cute little story about gardening and um like in the city and it's lovely and it talks yes. about that like about how sometimes the things die and you try again i'm definitely getting this this is all this is my vibe these days i got a I have like a handful of seeds that I just will throw into my fridge or throw on top of my fridge, depending on whether or not they're, they need a, to simulate a winter for them to germinate. And a couple of them uh, I just put in dirt a couple of days ago, and I have no idea which seeds they were because I mixed them all up. I didn't label it. And so I'm really excited for it to start like popping leaves out and, and maybe even growing taller because like, I have no idea what I'm going to get. That is cool and a very impressive hobby for a new parent. Yeah, and it it doesn't take too much time at all. Honestly, it's one of those things where you just you give it a, a half hour of attention at the very beginning, and then after that, it's like five minutes a day. Sometimes even like you can skip days; it's not a big deal. Well, we love that for you, Amen, and we love you. It's been so fun having you yeah. on the show. 
Uh, please come back and keep us updated on all things Musa. Yes. And we know that we'll talk to you again. All right. We'll miss you Let both. me know. Let me know. I'm always happy Musa. to come. I realize we didn't talk about toxic masculinity, though. Oh, that's in plus. It's coming up. That's oh, okay, plus. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I was like, we were saying goodbye. I was getting ready to dip. <laughs> Because no, our regular listeners don't our regular get Slate Plus, so we have to say goodbye to you here. <laughs> but right. then you have to stay with us. <laughs> Bye, regular listeners. Get Plus already. We're waiting for you. <laughs> That's it for our show. One last time, if you have a parenting question for us to laugh and point at, just email it to slate.com or post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group, which you can find by searching Slate Parenting on Facebook. Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Eamon Ismael and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thank you for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.